Aloha Maui Nui. Hey, this is Josh Porter. And Jason Burkhardt. How you doing? Welcome to the Solar Coaster, episode number 70. 70 with Catherine Von Berg of Simplify. This should be an interesting conversation. Simplify. Simplify is a really uh, great company. And I'm really excited to kind of hear the background and the story. Pretty unique in the energy space, right? Because it's an energy storage business, but they started out in the movies and cinema and Hollywood and stuff. Yeah, enterta- right? entertainment equipment. <laughs> Which is, <laughs> is it, it kind of kind of speaks to the the way that the renewable energy industry has kind of gotten off the ground. It's all these kind of different uh, separate kind of areas and just separate industries, separate needs. You know, there are other needs out. There are other right. industries that uh, have kind of also fostered the growth of renewable energies. And so we're going to hear all about Simplify. We've used it over sure. at the Maui Solar Project side of the fence, the technology for a couple of projects, great great pro- uh, products uh, with a great reputation in the industry for sure. We're going to hear the whole story mm-hmm. from Catherine about the beginnings and what kind of products they're offering and some of the technology and the deployments. You know, one of the things that blew my mind about uh, Simplify is just the depth of their website and, and the breadth as well. There's so much going on there uh, content-wise. Yeah, there's an, there's, an, there's an awful lot of equipment at a lot of different levels. I'm, I'm looking forward to her kind of distilling it down for yeah. us. I think that, that's yeah. really what needs to happen. For sure, for sure. So uh, we're going to jump right into that. Uh, very excited to hear from her. We, she did come on the show uh, last week during, was it was last week? or No, the previous week during the Hurricane Lane uh, e- uh, episode. And she did give us a, a, a kind of a little teaser and said hi to us. And from there, we said, you know what, we got to yeah, hear more from, more from her. We re- yeah, exactly that. We really wanted to hear more from her. And and because they're in storage, I mean, have you seen a significant uptick in storage? <laughs> <Questions>. <laughs> Are you asking me for real? I mean, she's, um, you know, so no, I, 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 I legitimately want to know. I mean, do you, you are you on the business side of things? Are you seeing people asking more for storage or, or did we not hear this particular wake up call? Oh, yeah. I mean, geez, it's all over the place. I mean, just straight in the front lines, no doubt. And then also, I just saw it today. It's not in our news and events today, but I saw that something like a 68% increase in storage business across the country. So, some massive increase. I think it was utility-scale stuff they were talking about, but I mean, storage is obviously sure, sure. the kind of uh, uh, du jour, right? You know? So, uh, very good stuff. Not only that, but Catherine is actually confirmed to be on our SPI live radio show, that's Solar Power International, as a panelist to discussing the technical kind of uh, feasibility of the EcoShip project. So Catherine's really, really jumping on board and getting involved with the coast in a lot of different ways. Really appreciate them. Yeah, absolutely. Okay, so shall we get into our uh, housekeeping and then roll right into our news and events today? That was the hint. Yep. Okay, doc. Go. I gotcha. So, hey, folks, <laughs> this is the Solar Coaster. We're a renewable energy themed talk show right here in lovely Maui County. Uh, we can be found Fridays at 1:05 p.m. on Kauai 1110 a.m. Also, a bunch of FM stations: 96.7 FM Central Maui, 96.5 FM Westside, 98.7 FM Upcountry. We also got a website. Yep, www.solar-coaster.com. That's solar-coaster.com. Uh, you can listen live there, uh, get all our old shows, all the old shows now, thank goodness. Uh, and we got a whole bunch of new pictures and stuff going up. Looking good, Jay. All over the place. Uh, anybody have any requests for the website, go down the bottom of the main home page, and you can actually fill in for the mailing list or send us questions and comments right there. All right, so Maui Solar Project uh, is one of our great sponsors, Tabuchi Electric America, Sonin Battery, Pika Energy, and Sundrum Solar. Uh, these fellows are doing a lot of great business out here. We got, uh, you know, on the MSB side of the fence, we're actually doing installs with all of these companies right now, which is nice. And uh, I know mm-hmm. Sundrum, I just got off the phone with Brian Footlick, uh, Michael and Thierry's kind of a right hand man, great guy. And uh, because there's going to be uh, one of the first large uh, solar uh, Sundrum installations in Maui in, I think, October, November. Talking about doing commissioning a ceremony, so he's excited about that. So we should have some opportunity to cover that with the Solar Coaster. Oh, nice! That's going live in October. Yes, sir. Excellent. Well, that's, that's a game so plan. Cool. Miko Willing. Sun, Sundrum is great stuff. <laughs> if you want to learn more about it, go to the website. Listen to our Sundrum show. It's it's actually really fantastic stuff. Yeah, not kidding. And this, uh, <laughs> just, just sorry, to, but Pika is actually the other technology that's being deployed there. So you've got Pika oh, nice. and Sundrum on a, on a 30 kW system over there in South Maui. Really beautiful stuff. Excellent. Excellent. All right, uh, back on task. If you are a podcast person, want to take that Sundrum show or any other show with you, uh, check out our website um, or the podcast um, archives on iTunes, Stitcher, or TuneIn. Uh, we're under Solar Coaster. Just look us up. You get that little yellow SC logo, and you can take us everywhere. Nice. Got to try that out one of these days. All right, so uh, let's jump into our news and events, Jay. Right that time, I think, yeah? 
All right, news and events right away. Facebook. Now, Facebook, this is in the international section because Facebook is, is very international at this point. Uh, says it is two years away from 100% renewable energy. Um, it's kind of an interesting conversation. We, we've, we've talked about other technology companies in the past that have really started to invest heavily in renewable energies, mm. but a lot of that, a lot of that is either they put a whole bunch of solar, like right, or, they buy data center space in these really out of the way places, you know, just places nobody goes because they need just basically just a giant box. They want a giant warehouse right. that they can air condition, and then they put a whole bunch of solar panels around it, and they use that as as kind of the the, the renewable boost. Um, Facebook's going about it in a different way here, where they are literally going around to all the um, utility companies mm -hmm. wherever they have space and kind of helping them through the process that's that's what i what i gathered from this article is that they're going into space especially with utilities that um don't have a lot of renewable penetration yet they're they're putting their money where their mouth is saying we want to we want to sign these agreements so that we get the power so they're going around signing ppas which is a power purchase agreement with with independent med builders of, of renewable resources, but then getting them integrated with the grid as opposed to just building them on site. Yeah, that is kind of a little bit different, isn't it? That sounds yeah, like, it is. uh, yeah, yeah, that's exciting. Uh, I mean, it's a, uh, you know, it's wonderful to think that these companies are getting, I mean, of course, companies out, you know, the, like Facebook are going to be creative about how they go about achieving these goals uh, for whatever. I mean, did they talk about the reason for that and why they went that direction rather than some of the more conventional uh, methods? Um, well, first of all, the, the, they, they have a really distributed kind of kind of footprint you know they're, they're all over the world they have the smaller um data centers and they actually have like 40 almost almost 40 percent of their business activities are actually office space i see so, so they're, they're, they're doing yeah. it's 30 38 percent of their business activities are actually office space so it's it's real people in real offices and they don't they don't want to drive out in the middle of the middle of the desert to go to a warehouse right, right. <laughs> so they, they they're, they're much more in in urban areas or at least suburban areas um it's the other interesting thing about this is that they have um they, they've basically put flat out said we don't want nuclear that doesn't it is not is not considered their their new right. uh new clean energy and they're trying to shift away from hydro now that's a, kind of an odd thing i thought that was a really obvious choice myself because hydro is like the old the earliest mm -hmm, <laughs> kind of renewable mm -hmm. energy resource we've we've had um and and I, if you know me i'm i'm a, I'm a proponent of, of like the pump hydro kind of system i want to see that function in the real world uh, at some point which means you need to have be able to take advantage of hydro if you're going to do pump hydro mm. or any other kind well i wonder so, if that's a, so that a matter of the um you know the environmental impact of of damming up rivers and going you know and you know you, that there's been a lot of discussion about that over the years of being you know really a, a problem for the environment right yeah absolutely um and then finally the, uh, the the biggest driver for them was wind wind prices if you haven't been paying attention probably the the, the large um megawatt hour pricing for for wind energy has just dropped through the floor in the last few years and they're, they're expecting it to go even lower until the um production tax credit goes away mm -hmm, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. so that's 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 the big question mark in the room is, is we're not we're not sure if when the ptc goes down in 2022 the the, the power production tax credit goes down to 60 percent and then 2023 it goes down to 40 percent of what it staggers its down, previous yeah. value was yeah it staggers down so so there's there's kind of a um, there's a big there's a big question like i said um whether they can keep these wind prices low uh and that's what i think that's one of the reasons why facebook wants to lock in these ppas if you get a power purchase agreement mm -hmm. for 25 years well after 25 years is going to extend well past that 20 <laughs> 2023 deadline and they'll be, be they'll be getting cheap wind power forever right yeah absolutely i mean that's a great model that they're out there they're looking at uh, you know utilities that haven't had a lot of renewable inter integration and penetration and they're they're helping kind of move them in that direction so i guess they they have the sure. breadth to be able to do it and that's that's fantastic 100 percent renewable and two energy two years uh for uh for facebook so yeah, that's that's big stuff i'm yep. glad i'm glad to see this stuff happening also they can probably you know when that starts to happen other companies kind of follow suit too when guys at this scale kind of do that so there's a little bit of a well they do they do there. need they do need the, the public relations image you know everybody else is doing it so they have to do it too mm -hmm. yeah good <laughs> stuff good stuff you don't have to feel so guilty if you're uh, about your data center usage if you're scrolling around on facebook <laughs> right now okay <laughs> so let's uh let's take a look nice. at what's going on next i know uh they would do the california one jay 
Yeah, let's go to national. California. California passes landmark 100% clean energy goal. Um, so previously, we in the state of Hawaii had our 24 20, uh, 2045 100% uh, renewables. Uh, Senate Bill 100, and that was kind of nice, uh, 100 would set a state goal to supply 100% retail electricity rates from carbon-free resources. That's kind of the that's key another right, there, one. right? That's, that's, that, that's a big key. Um, our renewable energy policy leans heavily on like biodiesel and stuff like that. They're saying no comments on that one <laughs> yeah i mean geez i mean well carbon free at 2045 who's saying no what did you say no i'm asking um the california is saying carbon free they're saying no no uh, no don't no to carbon yeah i mean no, well that's kind of the next stage anything yeah i mean that's kind of well car i mean california positions itself as a leader in renewable energy space right that's their whole thing yep and uh, you yep. know they just have that mandate about new builds requiring pv to be on the on the houses and so you yep. know the carbon free discussion in renewable energies is 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 top of mind right now. I mean, if you look at Maui Energy Conference with Doug McLeod, his whole conversation was about uh, decarbonization. It wasn't about uh, yep. necessarily renew, you know, renewable energy. It was about decarbonization and renewables. And the discussion about what, you know, how Germany went about kind of, you know, catalyzing the renewable global renewable energy race in a way. Uh, and But they had these problems with carbonization as, as a consequence yeah, of that. Yeah, and, right, uh, exactly that. You know, and so, uh, yeah, I think that California's out here is trying to put down a flag as usual, uh, focusing in on what the new goal is, which is carbon-free resources by 2045 that's pretty exciting i mean um yeah it's 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 interesting and the mandate is very specific you know there's there's a clause in there um that that they're they're what they're doing now doesn't specifically increase emissions anywhere else because they are on the mainland. They do pull power across state lines. Wow, yeah. And so, and so the, the easiest, cheapest thing to do would just be burn it burn it in another state and import the power, right? Right. Um, so they have a specific clause in here to, to mandating that, that that cannot be done, which is, is, which is really yeah. – it's really well thought out. Well, it's exciting to see that con that level of conversation happening. You know, it's like we see this with some of our experience and, you know, like in, as in Molokai, for example, in the Molokai show, we go out there, we recognize that you know, in this little grid that they need to have spinning reserve that's running all the time. So, yeah, we think that we're deploying solar. That's great. That's going to, uh, you know, reduce our carbon. Um, but in actuality, we know the back end of that story is that there's all this stuff happening in the fossil fuel uh, generation uh, equipment in order to support that renewable energy infrastructure. So when I see this, I go, wow, they're starting to think about how to mitigate that. To me, that says energy storage in a, in a big way. That says, uh, you know, for sure. I mean, how else do you, I, I don't know. I don't know at that level what we're talking about from a technical perspective. That would be very interesting. We got to get someone on from uh, from the, the ledge in California or something like that and say, what are you guys thinking uh, about? That, that, that and PG&E. <laughs> right? Yeah. That is really uh, something, yeah, that could be something really unique and, and spectacular. I, I, you know, so that'll be great to look at and get a better idea as to, you know, how they, how they think they're going to go about doing that. Yeah, the other interesting thing that I noticed that they also had an assembly bill, 2127, uh, that gave the California Energy Commission, that's basically their POC, the authority to issue statewide assessments for the need for charging infrastructure. This is specifically to EVs and the zero emissions vehicles, so, so the plug-in electrics, not, not mm -hmm. a hybrid. Um, so, But there's some, some neat data in here. Five million of those plug-in electrics at, require one gigawatt of of demand response capability Oof. for the uh, for the grid so that's that's an entire nuclear reactor <laughs> if you really wanted look to know look at that look at um, that and the, and then and then i went into the the whole the california dmv and found out that they have more than 35 million registered vehicles in the state of california so it's it's in an total, awful lot of power vehicles, that they do right? all, all oh, that's all vehicles that actually yeah. includes i think about like I, I did look at it it's like two million in trailers and stuff like that so obviously those aren't mm -hmm. pulling power but mm -hmm. it's still a huge amount but 25 million of those are in the automobile class gotcha. so that's another five that's another five nuclear reactors worth of production that they need to come up with check that out check that out so this uh, uh this uh, utility wasn't too happy about this uh, pg and e right about the um, no they SP weren't 100. poorly timed <laughs> they, you they to, said you want to read the quote yeah yeah <laughs> i did i did yeah so it was poorly timed in in in, in a um in a comment to the, to the um 
yeah, was Wall it? Street Journal. Wall Street, Wall, Street, Wall Street Journal, uh, so they called it poorly timed. Yeah. I did send out feelers, uh, but they didn't respond by oh, no their time here. Nice. Nice. Yeah. yeah, out there kind of trying to get some quotes. You know, it's uh, a nice little coincidence here. This bill must be passed by the Senate before heading to Governor Jerry Brown, who supports the effort and is likely to sign it. Yeah, yeah. So Governor Jerry Brown actually has a certain kind of energy storage, renewable energy system in his house. Do you know what it is, Jay? Uh, I have no idea. It's Simplify. <laughs> so is it really? It is, yeah, yeah. So it's on their website. Apparently, uh, Governor Jerry Brown has put in a uh, Simplify system, uh, from what I recall. So we'll have to ask Catherine about that when she comes on in a moment. Yeah, we'll have to talk about that one. That's okay. fun. Nice, nice. There you go, California, leading cool. the way as usual. These, those two last articles, by the way, folks, were uh, Utility Dive, which is a great uh, a resource if you're looking to keep up with tabs on what's happening in the industry. I mean, it's really, really good stuff. Yeah, they give you a decent number of facts, but also actually go into um, the kind of kind of the, the thought experiment of, of what it all means. Absolutely. So, uh, what's going on in Hawaii these days? We actually have an article here from this uh, from Tropical Storm Lane. This came out at GTM back um, about a week ago. Yeah, this is fun. Um, Hawaii. Then we were talking about this at the head of the show. This is Hawaii solar industry calls the lane the wake up call for for us uh, and puts a spotlight on our grid resilience or lack thereof. Uh, how many <clears throat> how many times did we lose power? At the house, oh, just repeatedly. <laughs> I mean, at the it's almost it, like it was like it know, wasn't. When, it wasn't. It wasn't even a significant <laughs> storm. I mean, we, <laughs> no. we dodged it we, apart apart from some parts of Big Island which were seriously flooded. Oh, geez, yeah, yeah, and and parts of Haiku that were seriously flooded. You know, but what blows my mind um, is it's almost like you know as soon as you know uh, Coney or or whatever the one of the K H O N and these guys K I T V as soon as they start saying hurricane, I almost look up and I see the electric like it starts to flicker. I mean, it's like if there's like the the slightest <laughs> slightest hint of a whisper. Of a win, <laughs> the, the grid kind of. No offense, guys at Miko, but I mean the bottom line is that no, they, they, it they happens. Have, that's right? what I was going to say is they they have a big problem. Whereas this is we we have a lot of on Maui specifically, we have a lot of geography to cover. Yeah, and production is very centralized. So we don't have like power plants on the east side of the island, power plants on the west side of the island. There's literally the the, the one big one, Malaya, and um, and and a couple solar fields out there that, I, that contribute, but it's not anything close to that. You know? I mean, it's just it just feels very fragile. And, you know, we didn't even get like we were especially when you when you start seeing the grid go out with, you know, short, small winds and then you see the predictions and everyone's talking about state of emergency. It was uh, the governor declared a disaster as right. He asked for the feds to declare yep. a disaster. So and then, um, you know, of course, we had some really serious things happen here on the west side with the fires and all that. Um, but, yeah, I mean, it's, um, you know, it, it, the, we're, we're going geez, we keep talking about it and it just makes me feel more and more concerned when we do get hit by uh, an actual hurricane. Well, we've been, we've wind. been. I, I don't, I don't know if we've contributed or or hurt the uh, the effort because we've cried wolf so many times. Oh, right. Now, I mean, we 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 had the no name hurricane before, and we had with Lane come in, and we, we always seem to dodge the bullet. I mean, it's 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 like Knock that scene in the Matrix where we're just yeah, we're we're just kind of moving out of the way. If only just one of these are going to hit us. <laughs> <laughs> it's yeah. going to be really, really painful when it does. So what's this article here? They're talking about, um, you know, about the people that have lost power. Uh, Hawaiian Electric Hiko, about 13,000 people. Of course, we had a whole series of power outages here at Maui, in Maui County and Molokai and Lanai and here, you know, and the numbers associated with that as well. Um, but they're talking about this, uh, the, you know, fragility of the grid and then and then the and then how um, uh, it's just a matter of time before we get. Well, Will Geese actually says this is his quote, executive director of Hawaii Solar Energy Association. It's a matter of time before we do get hit by that monster hurricane so it's it's coming so uh how do we prepare for that yeah there's there's a bit of that but it also makes the monetary case is that we have these um smart export kind of programs that exist and although i don't know of anybody who's actually leveraging it it does give you a better rate for your power if you export during the evening i don't know anybody who would want to invest so heavily in storage that they will have power to spare to get them through the evening um and, and actually be selling it back. But it, it is possible to get more money for your generated power during the evenings if you time shift it. Yeah. So there was, you know, during this um, 
this uh, this hurricane pros period or this uh, ramp up to that uh, that ended up being somewhat of a non-event for for a good chunk of Hawaii anyway. Um, we the some of the solar companies like Revolut Sun is a big player out in Oahu, so they had an enormous increase in storage inquiries, right? So what that says to me though is it, it's kind of interesting because if if these storm if people if there's a market appetite out there, we did get that at Maui Solar Project as well. I know some of my uh, salesmen were getting hit up, you know, in the middle of the storm, believe it or not, and uh, so people are going, hey, we want this. Now, here's an important thing. How long does it take to get it installed? Because if people out there looking at, you know, hurricanes come, I think there's a couple forming right now, right? And they're saying, we yep, want yep, this Yeah, we thing. have M&N M and right now, Maria and, uh, no, yeah. Maria. Um, and if, there, there is another one. If there's, you know, there's some, if there's some onerous timeline in front of that and people Miriam. are saying, hey, I want to be safe, that's a really important thing to be aware of. I mean, we, we have seen some pretty decent timelines with uh, deployment of systems with going, I mean, deployment, I mean, you know, processing through the utility, processing through the county, things moving uh, uh, quite a bit faster these days. But uh, it's important now if people want it and they're, they want to be safe, they really shouldn't, there shouldn't be any barriers up there. It's just not reasonable. No, absolutely not. And and we do have that the, the, the no requirement for technical review if you already have a NEM. So if you're an old NEM customer, you actually can get a battery and and get it relatively quickly. The issue is also getting stock. I mean, I know I know we had a significant number of Tabuchi systems available. I know there were a couple Pika systems available. Um, the power wall is almost impossible to get if you actually want one. Um, there, it's it's very difficult to get the physical product on island. Do you do you have any sense of of who's importing what? Well, I mean, you know, we we know about Tesla. That's been an ongoing discussion over the last six nine months, right? It's basically not available. Yep. Uh, as far as I'm aware at the moment. Uh, James, yep. uh, if you'd like to call in, James Bigford at Tesla, give us a call and we'll talk to us about that. Uh, we also yep. have, uh, you know, uh, Solar Edge LG. I mean, we had Lynn Tran on during the Hurricane Lane show a couple weeks ago, and she said yep. directly, you know, we're making a commitment to, to, to just really double down on production and meet the market appetite in Hawaii. So obviously there's some uh, delivery issues there as well. She you know, said so much on air. Yeah, no, uh, I've, I've only ever seen one of the LG systems in real life one time. Mm -hmm. Well, I mean, there's plenty out there. I mean, I think, but, uh, but that being said, there, you know, there's a lot of it's there's more demand than there is uh, available. Way more appetite yeah. than they can possibly and serve. And we also and, have, and a lot and of Tabuchi, that comes like, down to battery production. Right, right. And I mean, in the a case of Tabuchi, to just just to give, I do want to take a moment to give a plug for MSP. We do have a warehouse full of Tabuchi right now on island. There's no no doubt about you, that. You, you, so, got, you got your container. <laughs> it's right here. There's no uh, lead timelines with that. Just a plug for one of our sponsors, Maui Solar Project. I have a little bit of a little bit of involvement with them as well. So, uh, so uh, yeah. Let's just uh, why don't we should we wrap this, Jay, and move into our uh, news and events? Or you want to try to um, grab that last piece? Here, or? Here. We are doing news and events right now. Oh, um, I say news and events? Excuse me. I'm in commercials. Do we have our caller ready? Uh, yeah. The call is going to be ready, so I think okay. we should uh, probably jump over to our commercial okay. break, and then we'll come back in with Catherine Von Berg from uh, Simplify Energy. Aloha, and welcome to Maui Solar Project. It is easy to feel rejuvenated just stepping outside on a magnificent Hawaiian day. Maui Solar Project is here to help harness that energy you feel in your body and use it to power your homes and businesses. As Laura tells us, Maui harnessed the sun so as to slow its path across the sky. Join Maui Solar Project as we harness the sun's energy and slow Hawaii's dependence on fossil fuels. Call Maui Solar Project at 269-2352. MauiSolarProject.org. Tabuchi Electric, a leading worldwide inverter manufacturer, presents the second generation of the eco-intelligent battery system, the IBIS. Tabuchi's grid-friendly system includes a high-efficiency inverter, stackable batteries, and integration with Jelly software for the most adaptable battery storage system on the market. The system is optimized for energy management and cost performance. Maximize your solar investment with Tabuchi's electric eco-intelligent battery system. The Sonin Batter Eco is an energy storage solution that utilizes intelligent energy management software. The system is available in a variety of storage capacities and allows for expansion. Sonin Battery Eco allows you to save money by harvesting energy from your solar PV system and using that stored energy when rates are more expensive. Sonin Battery Eco is specifically designed to provide you and your family peace of mind in the event of power outage. Our unique power detection system will sense outages in real time and automatically switch over to battery power. See Sonin Battery Eco at sonin-battery.com. 
MIT-founded Pika Energy, makers of the Pika Energy Island, a smart energy management system that uses solar panels, lithium batteries, and intelligence to manage your energy and keep you powered even during outages. With a clean, intelligent alternative to grid power, you're in control of your energy future. Pika's Energy Island lets you manage electrical costs with HECO-ready self-supply functions. Pika's largest battery, the Harbor Plus, offers 16 kilowatt hours of stored energy and can power loads of up to 10 kilowatts. And if you need more capacity, just add a second or even third Harbor Smart battery to the same system for a maximum of 48 kilowatt hours of usable storage. Pika Energy, own your power. To learn more, visit pika-energy.com. Sundrum Solar is the manufacturer of a revolutionary thermal collector that fits on the underside of your standard PV panel to maximize energy capture per square foot. The Sundrum Solar Hybrid PVT system, combined photovoltaic and thermal, holds the world record for peak efficiency, capturing an astounding 86% usable energy. Learn how Sundrum Solar vastly improves electric, heating, and cooling economics at sundrumsolar.com. Okay, that was our uh, commercial break there. Uh, thanks so much to our sponsors. Love them. They keep us rolling every week, and we can't do it without them. Thank All right. Sponsors. So uh, we're really fortunate today to have a great guest caller, uh, Mrs. Catherine Von Berg from Simplify, uh, Simplify Solar, uh, Simplify Power, I should say. Uh, Catherine, can you, can you hear us uh, right there? Are you online okay? Yes, I can. Thank you. Hi. Thank you. Welcome, for, welcome to the Solar Coaster, Catherine. Thank you. I appreciate Again. it. <laughs> yeah, we well, just heard from you. You're a, you're a long-time uh, contributor now. So uh, <laughs> I really, really appreciate you making the time to come and join us here at the Solar Coaster. Um, you know, and we are, um, uh, and once again, thanks so much for joining us. We did put out a feeler. It was like uh, maybe about two weeks ago during Hurricane Lane. And Catherine, you know, very kindly made time to, to speak to us about uh, energy storage uh, in the midst of the, uh, the kind of brouhaha with the, with the hurricane kind of bearing down on us. So that was really, really cool of you. Oh, no, again, I appreciate the opportunity, and uh, uh, you have quite a show. I really uh, enjoy the facts and some of the important information that you share with your listeners to help educate them on everything having to do with their access to energy, from rates to different issues, technology in the field. So uh, it's... Um, valuable that it, that you've given me an opportunity to speak with you. All right. Well, thanks so do, much. Do, we'll, <laughs> we'll take those do, compliments do, do, do and we can get them. That. <laughs> and, education is our mission here. And at the end of the day, if we could sum it to one word, that's it. Absolutely. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah. We're learning as we go along and we find it to be just a really incredible journey. And so that's what we try to do out here at the Solar Coaster. And, uh, and we're going to do some of that today, too, because you've got an amazing company out, out there with Simplify Power. And we're really excited to learn all about it. And as we're trying to dig in and kind of get our head around it, we're like, there is so much going on here. That it's kind of hard to. <laughs> It's kind of hard to figure out where to start, you know, and uh, so we did get a little bit of the story before, but I think we got to start at the beginning. There's kind of no getting around that. So why don't you tell us a little bit about yourself and about the company and how, kind of how it got off the ground, and then we'll, we'll kind of find our way through the story. Sure. Uh, so I uh, am the CEO and president, and just basically uh, our company designs and manufactures efficient and non-toxic, uh, enduring energy storage and management systems uh, that can seamlessly integrate any power generation source uh, in conjunction with or independent of the grid. And okay. so especially within the context of Lane, why is energy storage important? Well, as we all know, without energy storage, renewable sources of power can be intermittent, but so too can the grid in these types of catastrophic uh, scenarios in which the centralized delivery of power breaks down. And so with energy storage, uh, security can be built in for systems that are grid-tied, but certainly for off-grid as well. Right. The, the origin of our company, really the, the catalyst for the technology, really began in our CTO's garage in LA, like any self-respecting uh, entrepreneur. <laughs> and Stuart Lennox was the special effects guy in the movie industry. And no uh, back then, that didn't mean digital solutions. Mm -hmm. uh, it meant uh, challenging special effects using equipment that uh, very often required access to power. 
and whether you're on a set uh, on in a movie studio or in a remote location, whether it's an urban area like New York or in the Amazon, the use of generators uh, was really the only choice and or lead acid batteries. Mm -hmm. And lead uh, uh, diesel generators obviously can provide that off-grid power in remote locations, but the noise, the pollution, the cost, the logistics of getting the diesel there uh, was prohibitive and, and certainly very costly and challenging. And also lead-acid batteries, the industry incumbent at the time, was the only solution, and they are very large and cumbersome for the amount of energy that you can pull out of them and certainly the uh, power as well. And often we're failing and challenged by uh, hotter climates and harsher use cases. So Stuart thought, uh, looked at the options as he was designing special effects and powering up the equipment and felt like there had to be a better way. As a result, he was one of the first innovators around the earliest lithium-ion chemistry, the mm -hmm. lithium cobalt oxide, mm -hmm. the early mm -hmm. cells developed by Panasonic. And while the energy density and the power output of that lithium cobalt oxide chemistry offered vast improvement over the large, cumbersome lead acid, there was a, a major drawback, and that's something known as thermal runaway. It's what causes fires today, even in the industry. So there's a lot of confusion, unfortunately, for companies like us that have chosen to move away from that toxic lithium chemistry based on cobalt. Uh, lithium does not cause a thermal runaway and is not the toxic and hazardous material of cobalt. But that was what was available in 2002, and Stuart began to innovate and develop a mobile portable line of power packs that were fully integrated solutions that could be charged with uh, folding solar panels, uh, generators, the grid, whatever the power source was. Mm -hmm. And these mobile packs were wearable in, in the form of belts for hands-free access to power with movie cameras and lighting, and then also larger packs to power up some of the equipment. Uh, in 2007-8, the newer innovations in lithium-ion chemistry became available and, uh, on the market. And Stuart then transitioned and was one of the first innovators around that chemistry, and it's the chemistry we use today, the lithium ferro or iron phosphate. And the advantages mm -hmm. of that chemistry was uh, that it eliminated the cobalt, which also has some serious supply chain issues mm -hmm. uh, with child labor and, and other um, really uh, deleterious uh, impact on environment uh, and those that mine it. Uh, so it eliminated the cobalt and therefore the toxicity and the thermal runaway. It also had the benefits of exponentially increasing cycle life. So lithium cobalt oxide, that chemistry has a very a much shorter cycle life. And to protect from thermal runaway, you engage in shallow discharging and longer charge and discharge uh, time similar to lead acid. So it was an improvement, but there were still some drawbacks because of the cobalt and the hazardous and unstable nature of the cobalt oxides. So moving to that chemistry, Stuart continued to innovate under the Liberty Pack line of portable mobile products. And when I met Stuart in 2009-10, the vision was to scale, mm. to take that platform technology that he had developed over almost good 10 years of mobile deployments in the film and movie industry and scale those up to start bringing this solution to residential and commercial uh, customers and users. And we were really one of the first, if not the first in the industry to introduce lithium ion or lithium ferrophosphate solutions for residential and commercial. Today, we still, we still offer those portable and mobile power packs that are fully integrated, come with the inverter uh, and the charge controller built in. They have USB ports, AC outlets, and those are used in emergency response and disaster relief uh, um, use cases, but they're also used by outdoor enthusiasts uh, as well, and they allow people to take their power with them and to 
harvest and generate their own power anywhere they are with folding solar panels and again other types of generation assets. So in 2010, uh, we founded the company. Back then we were known as OES, uh, Optimized Energy Storage. And uh, in 2015, we really wanted to create a brand that captured in our name what we do, and that is to bring balance and proportion and, and access to power uh, for people. And so Simplify is spelled P-H-I for the golden mean, which is a mathematical principle found throughout nature, but also mechanical designs that is all about uh, component parts coming together to bring an integrated and balanced whole. And so the, those principles inform how we design and manufacture our batteries, but it also uh, relates to how we look at people and how they relate to power and creating balance and proportion. So when you think about what happened uh, in Hawaii with Hurricane Lane and thinking about how people would relate to power, these mobile portable packs uh, become uh, a real resource to create security on the go if people have to evacuate. But then certainly the residential and commercial systems uh, in homes and businesses, hospitals, schools that also create security and resiliency. And the last comment I'll make is um, our choice to use the lithium ferro or iron phosphate was intentional. Mm -hmm. uh, in the early days and even now, it's, it's a little more expensive uh, than the lithium cobalt oxide. But we have chosen not to make a trade-off between security and safety and toxicity on behalf of our customers and, and to help develop a market and over time drive down costs. Our costs have certainly uh, uh, dropped by over 50% since 2010, and they continue to come down. And through innovations, we'll constantly increase energy capacity uh, as well as the cost coming down. Uh, so so you the see proposition them. is really, if people are looking for energy security, how can you think about security if you're using a fundamentally risky chemistry? Mm, mm. And how can you think about storing clean energy in toxic batteries? Right, right. Yeah, you covered a lot of ground. Thank you so much. That, that's a <laughs> lot of great stuff in there. And, you know, I, 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 I totally get it. And I, and I love the fact that you started out with this discussion about Stuart uh, in the, um, in this, you know, cinema, in, in cinema. And then, you know, he's kind of, it's a scratch your own itch kind of situation, right? Okay, I got this problem. How do I fix it? You drew that. I saw the, the garage. I saw him in there in my mind kind of, you know, knocking away on some, uh, some system, the Liberty packs. And then, and then from there, you know, just this ubiquity of the need for, you know, clean, renewable energy with storage, and then there's all these uh, different avenues that you've pursued. And then, of course, we have this uh, this kind of, um, I don't know if we want to call it a, a Betamax, VHS kind of thing happening with storage right now, and where you have the lithium cobalt uh, manganese or the cobalts, and then you have the ferrous phosphate conversation. You know, we had on a fellow the other day, Jay, who was it? It was Mike Riley from HNU that said, uh, he was talking about the industry that has that is using lithium cobalt manganese and, and the, the other, I guess, derivatives of that, or the other variations of it and that he goes well you have a hammer every problem looks like a nail you know so he was talking about the even ev industry and trying to kind of move in on that and work on that uh, type of chemistry but of course you know for for homes and for uh for uh you know use for living with these these systems you want the safest possible chemistry that exists and lithium fer fer ferrous phosphate is is definitely the the one that people are talking about there are a couple other adherents out there like uh, the blue planet energy guys and the uh, sonar battery guys and those those are the kind of people in that side, the companies in kind of that side of the the the, the conversation, um, and it's definitely a, a, you know I guess the costing is is a, is a clear area that um, that that we need to look at, and we want to drive those costs down. But also, like you said, the longevity gives us a, you know a better kind of cost per cycle, right? So the actual overall value is better than some of these other uh, chemistries out there. Yeah, so that's 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 what I was going to say. Total cost of ownership is going to be affected by that drastically, and and that's what you look at when you're looking on for a return on investment for your 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 home.
<laughs> yeah, and then of course, you know, but the the thing, uh, Catherine, I have to just bring this to uh, like uh, bring this up here. When you talked about the supply chain of cobalt, I found that particularly interesting. Uh, I myself have been involved in the non-governmental, or, you know, uh, organization world, uh, the NGOs and NPOs with EcoShip and Peaceboat. You know of them because we're going to be talking about them at SPI mm-hmm. later on. By the way, thank you very much for accepting our invite to participate as a panelist on that radio show. It's going to be a great one. Um, yeah, and then so, but you're talking about the supply chain of cobalt. I, I, that actually was off my radar, even as a fellow that is kind of you know thinking about these things. I didn't. And I was talking that. about that on the plane to Vegas last more longer than more than last year. So it was yeah. a year and a half ago. We were talking. We were talking about this exact issue that cobalt is tied to some really unsustainable. Even if you take away the geopolitical aspects of things, uh, it's also it's, it's a byproduct of of mining from other metals, and you cannot really go out and just mine for cobalt the same way you would mine for, for gold or, or nickel well, or copper or something. You know, I just, I, I think it's amazing that, uh, you know, our, the, the, the development of this uh, technology that could be kind of, you know, is, is right now, there's, I mean, with like Tesla, for example, they're using cobalt, correct, right? And other kinds of companies out there that, uh, that are moving in that direction, um, you know, but that there are some really significant impacts on the world. So, uh, and the, that was the first time I had heard that. So that says a lot to me about your company that you're, you're focusing in on kind of the full picture, very comprehensive approach to how do we make this decision about the chemistry that is going to, you know, about a, sto- a new technology that's going to be integrated to all of our lives, not only, you know, what is the safest, what gives us the best value, and what can we can we kind of uh, confidently say that is, is, a, is, a, is a, a good approach from the full picture, from right on how it's developed all the way up through how we use it, you know. So that's, um, that's, that's just some amazing stuff. Now, let me ask you, um, you know, so yeah, thank you for all the hard work there and for pointing at, po- helping point the industry in a really positive direction. Um, I, I would like to know about some of the activities that you have out there. You are involved in, you know, humanitarian, commercial, military. As per your a website, you're, you kind of got outreach in a lot of areas. What are some of the deployments that you'd like to tell us about? Some things that are happening around the world right now. I'm sure you're probably poking around Puerto Rico and some of these areas. I mean, is there anything particularly exciting that you'd like to share with us about some of the things that are happening out there? Sure. Well, you know, going back to that early decision of the company to focus on a safer chemistry, but that was more expensive, it forced us to innovate some solutions that weren't available in the market. So if, if the upfront price point is higher than, say, the lithium batteries that are available, like the lithium cobalt oxide, then the cycle life and the efficiency rate, so 10,000 cycles, 98% efficiency rate, the rapid charge and discharge, we have a portfolio of solutions developed first and foremost with the military. Uh, All these performance metrics feed into what you mentioned, the levelized cost of energy. So the performance profile of a battery directly relates to the ROI Mm. and that levelized cost and what you're paying per kilowatt hour over the life of the battery. And so the the higher cost, if you will, and choosing to build a market and a solution around safety and a more sustainable supply chain forced us in some respects to innovate storage solutions that have this very robust profile mm-hmm. so that we were able to create solutions in the market for applications in territories that other companies, that other batteries just were not able to fulfill. So the early work we did with the military, to your question, some of the projects that, uh, that are important to us, when we began in 2010, the thought was, really reaching the 1.2 billion people that live beyond the grid who are marginalized because they don't have access to power. And we initially thought that um, NGOs and humanitarian economic development, rural electrification type uh, entities would be interested, but it was actually our own Department of Defense in creating energy security on forward operating bases for men and women in Afghanistan and Iraq. So again, looking at the price point question, how do we create a solution that's going to last a very long time? Again, so over the life of the battery, that cost per kilowatt hour is very low, if not the lowest in the industry, and to create a robust profile that could satisfy uh, requirements in very hot 
and challenging yeah. climate. Yeah. So uh, what we were able to prove out uh, through years of military deployments and tests uh, through the military, we were then able to apply in regions of the world that had equally challenging environments and uh, use cases such that we were, begin, we were able to then begin to look at rural electrification and projects in remote areas and begin to make inroads in reaching that 1.2 billion. So That's, projects well. that we have uh, in remote clinics and hospitals yeah. from uh, different countries in Africa to Haiti uh, and um, the projects with the schools in Hawaii is another example, coming mm -hmm. up with innovative solutions uh, that uh, otherwise the environment or the use case is, is too challenging. Wow. So um, there's just, so, just for our listeners, if I may interrupt for one moment, so you just mentioned, Catherine, uh, about the uh, cooling in the schools initiative. So our listeners here will be familiar with that. That, that was a really big thing uh, maybe about two, three years ago when uh, the kids in our schools were uh, just, the temperatures really went kind of out of control. And, they, and then, of course, the governor passed that uh, the initiative, and then uh, they were looking for opportunities. And I think you brought this up on the last show, to be able to uh, install cooling systems, solar-powered air conditioning systems, for example, things of that nature. Nature, but the infrastructure upgrades were super prohibitively expensive, right? We're outside of the overall budget. Yeah. And Simplify became uh, one of the uh, great mechanisms that helped to kind of solve that, right? You had said uh, it reduced the overall budget considerably. So uh, that's pretty exciting. That's something that was near and dear to the hearts of our listeners out here for sure. Uh, and then, you know, as you're talking about these, uh, the, the, the military, I remember just another point here, if I may, but the uh, I remember going to the Pacific Defense uh, Res Resiliency Defense uh, Seminars out in Oahu. I, I can't remember the exact name, and and the uh, um, the, uh, the the military leadership was there talking about how they had made this shift from okay renewable energies and energy efficiencies when it's convenient to uh, this is actually our strategic objective, and they talked about the costs of uh, bringing fossil fuels to the front, forward projecting kind of forces, and uh, that it was far beyond what you would expect. Like the cost of a, a gallon of diesel is so expensive to get it out there to keep this uh, that that operation moving, and then so you were able to test your products in that space, which is what a wonderful place it is to be able to kind of test it in this uh, very harsh conditions. And then you have it yeah. now available yeah. for, uh, for, you know, for your humanitarian efforts, like you're talking about, the 1.2 billion people without uh, clean energy in the world. It's amazing. And of course, now I'm thinking about Peace Boat and Ecoship Any energy, and all not of that. just clean. <laughs> right, right, right. Okay, yeah. so I'm sorry, I didn't yeah. mean to interrupt you there. Please continue. No, no, it's both that point about the military really helping us uh, prove out and validate the technology. Uh, but it also started, again, going back to uh, our CTO in the film movie industry. That sounds very exciting, but failure is not an option. And very often uh, the challenges around uh, uh, shooting movies on site uh, lent itself to, ironically enough, military applications. And then the military applications and validations in years of deployments there then helped us get to yeah. other remote territories uh, and, and prove that out. So what, what an arc, the, right? What a, like an evolution of the, uh, the product. Yeah. Yes, it's amazing. Yeah. And, and also the fact that uh, as a company, you know, we talk about uh, early in a market, the supply chain, the raw materials, everything is more costly because it doesn't have the economy of scale uh, and that supply chain that's been built out for years. And uh, nonetheless, our company, unlike others in the industry with VC uh, support, we chose to build the company on a revenue-based model only. And so that also made us very conscious of not just the technology and the performance profile and going back to the performance metrics of the battery, the efficiency rate, cycle life, the ability to rapidly discharge and charge in 15 minutes or an hour or two hours or whatever the use case was, uh, it, it made us very aware that we had to come up with a product that financially, again, over the life, made sense. So as a company, we've been doubling year over year. Last year, we tripled. This year, we're moving to a new location. We've outgrown our headquarters here in Ojai. Wow. And uh, it's exciting. We're also looking at sites overseas uh, for manufacturing as well. Part of that model is to really look at uh, the need for 
manufacturing jobs in the clean energy mm. sector mm. and having an economic impact uh, where we're also creating solutions that can help shift away from a preponderance on or reliance on heavy fossil fuels and a greater uh, reliance on renewable energy. Once again, full picture uh, thinking here, right? So what I, what I want to do is I want to bring it back because you've, you've talked about starting out in, the, in, in cinema, moving over and you know, testing in these kind of really uh, challenging environments like the military, getting into the opportunity for humanitarian work. And now let's think a little bit uh, about the, the residential homeowner here in, in Maui. A lot of our listeners are, are, yeah. fit this kind of profile. So uh, how can they, I know you mentioned the, earlier on the previous show about some of the distributors and such, but I mean, uh, for them, what does a system look like for them, and uh, how can we, how can they go about getting one? And we've got about a, a few minutes left here, Catherine, just to give you a heads up. Yeah, yeah, and I do want to say that um, we work on grid as well as off. So for okay. homeowners that are tied to the grid, and that have uh, made the investment in solar, many don't realize until the per- first power outage that when the grid goes down, so too does the access to the generation on their roof, and so. To, to your question, what's a typical size or how do we solve some of the pain points for residential uh, customers? If you look at your home and you think about what are my critical loads, what's critical to me in a power outage? And unfortunately, the, the ability to answer that question is all too relevant for people throughout Hawaii, but also around the world. And if you think about your home and the critical loads, you have a refrigerator, you have uh, some lights, you want to be able to have your communications powered up, your phones, your TV for news, whatever it is, a battery, two batteries. We scale systems from very small to hundreds of kilowatt hours and now introducing our high voltage for megawatt hours. But Mm. for homeowners, critical loads uh, could be a very small system. And if you have PV, you are maximizing that initial investment by adding batteries. When there's a power outage with batteries and the inverter charge controllers, your home will immediately island from the grid and allow you to go on generating and storing energy that's being generated and also powering your loads. Without so, batteries, you don't have that proposition. So this could be a, uh, a good um, uh, an AC-coupled solution, for example, uh, for yes. existing NEMs that are out there. We have 60,000 deployed NEM systems uh, throughout the state of Hawaii, and Governor Ige had recently signed a bill. I'm not sure the number uh, the, the, the number of that bill, but uh, that, that suggested that people should be able, homeowners should be able to integrate batteries without ITR, standing for initial technical review with the utility. So, and we've been kind of uh, plugging the utility recently on battery expansion for NEMS, and they're saying that the paperwork, although they're, I think they're still thinking they're in the middle of it, but the paperwork will be available this this month. So it's very timely right now, Catherine, right? Uh, that uh, yeah. all of these yeah. NEMS out there can be integrating batteries, can be protecting uh, themselves uh, from these outages when we have these hurricanes like Lane. And what's the one that's out there right yeah. now, Jay? Is it Mir- Miriam? Miriam? Uh, Norman. Yeah. Norman? Miriam? Yeah, there's a couple yeah. of NEMS. And it's, it's also yeah, and important to, to note that the economics for grid, grid-tied day-to-day savings using storage, so mm. not just during uh, uh, blackouts, but I believe if my numbers are correct on Oahu, uh, customers now get about 15 cents per kilowatt hour mm-hmm. uh, for the smart exports, yep. and that's during daylight hours, mm-hmm. uh, and about 10 cents per kilowatt hour for the customer grid supply Mm -hmm. that's power exported uh, during the day. And I believe in 2017, the average retail rate of electricity was just over 28 cents per kilowatt hour. So yeah, and it's been going up like crazy too. Solar power. That's right. that's that's an Oahu number. We're over we're over thirty cents, and we actually just had a raise. Oh, yeah. yeah, I think okay. we're probably. Yeah. I, think I had we're... a feeling my numbers <laughs> may not apply to all the islands. Yeah, certainly yeah. two thousand seventeen yeah. numbers are out of date. Well, but just the re- point. Yes. Yeah, just recently we've we've had some uh, increases in, in in costs, and also the fuel surcharges have been going up. So I think the actual rate is yeah. probably floating north of thirty five at the moment here in Maui. And I'll tell you what, the, uh, Catherine, as usual with great shows, we, we we don't have enough time. But I want to thank you so much for coming on the Solar Coaster. I look forward to uh, Jay and I. Are really excited to meet you uh, at at SPI this year in Anaheim. Yeah. Only a couple weeks down the road, learn all about the EcoShip project and more and more about your great company, Simplify. So yeah, thanks so much, uh, and I do we. Do appreciate you coming on board. 
Oh, thank you. You guys are a wealth of information, so uh, I actually learn listening to you. Oh, wow, that's uh, as a good much quote. As anything I might <laughs> have to say of interest. So I think I we're gonna, <laughs> You're welcome. You're welcome. We're going to have to quote you on that. We'll put you on our website if you don't mind. <laughs> All right. Hey, <laughs> hey, folks, this has been the Solar Coaster Renewable Energy to- theme talk show right here in lovely Maui County. We're sponsored by Maui Solar Project, Tabuchi Electric America, Sonam Battery, Pika Energy, and Sundrum Solar. Uh, have a great weekend, folks. Aloha. <laughs> Aloha Friday. <laughs>